building a company from nothing is freaking hard. Us entrepreneurs are expected to deal with unimaginable challenges and somehow keep a cool head through it all. This is The Art of Entrepreneurship, and I'm your host, Jackie Hermes. I grew my company, Excelity, from zero to seven figures with no partners and no funding. The Art of Entrepreneurship is a show where we cut through the BS and dig into what it actually takes to start and grow a company. If you give me your time, I promise it won't be wasted. Now let's get to work. Hello, and thank you for joining another episode of Startup Survival. Today, we have a special guest. We are welcoming my business coach of many years, Rebecca Heideprim. When I started my company, I really, I thought I didn't need a coach until I met Rebecca and she showed me that even a leader who is pretty good, I would say decent at holding myself accountable, I needed a coach to mentor and guide me and hold me to my word and challenge me, which she is absolutely excellent at, sometimes annoyingly so, (laughs) just kidding, but it's necessary. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. We are going to have a discussion about the legendary basketball coach, Pat Summit and her definite dozen, which are basically 12 rules for success that can be applied to every single aspect of life. I'm sure she was talking about basketball when she wrote them, but man, I was reading through them and they really apply to leadership in every form. First, let me read off the definite dozen, just so everyone knows exactly what we're talking about here. One is respect yourself and others. Two, take full responsibility. Three, demonstrate and develop loyalty. Four, learn to be a great communicator. Five is discipline yourself so no one else has to. Six, make hard work your passion. Seven, don't just work hard, work smart. Definitely subscribe to that. Eight is put the team before yourself. Nine, make winning an attitude. 10, be a competitor. 11, change is a must. And 12, handle success like you handle failure. Rebecca, if you had to pick one of those that was the most crucial for success, what is it? Well, for me, when I was a leader, the most important thing was loyalty for my people because I worked so hard for them and for the business. Loyalty was really, really important. And I think you've got to give it before you can receive it. So if you have employees who are loyal, they trust you, they respect you, and they're going to work hard for you, um, which I think is so important. It really incorporates several of these disciplines. And, you know, Jackie, I'd like to see more of it in the workplace today because it seems like employees job hop a lot. And I think that tells me there's a little lack of loyalty So if you as a leader were to give it and then receive it, then I think the whole organization is better off. I just think for value. For sure. For sure. And I would also say a lot of the companies that employees are leaving probably are not showing loyalty to their employees because if you are a really loyal leader and you're a great communicator and you display a lot of those definite dozen, then I suspect that you would be able to, you know, hang on to the people that are at least directly reporting to you because that's where you have the biggest impact. And I think that's where you really shine because your leaders are so loyal to you. So well, loyal thank you. to you. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. One thing in the definite dozen, as I was reading through the descriptions of each of the tenets, 
She talks about disciplining yourself so that no one else has to. And then she also talks about the importance of a coach. And of course, as a basketball coach and you as a business coach, I'm sure that you both believe that, you know, being a good coach and having a good coach is important. Do you think that that is contradictory and how do self-discipline and coaching kind of work together? Yeah. So a coach helps their clients see what they can't see Mm -hmm. and get results a lot faster than if they were just on their own. And self-discipline is really that it's the accountability to execute on the ideas and the strategies that you work out with your coach. So I think they really work well together. Mm -hmm. Have you coached people before that don't have that self-discipline? And if so, what happens? Well, I have. (laughs) Mm, I'm sure. (laughs) And, And what happens is the results aren't, they're just... The, you just don't see the results as quickly. It's a lot slower process. And as a result, the company feels it. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. In the definite dozen, she also talks a lot about communication, which something that I have like, I'm a lifelong learner in the communication department. And she mentions the idea that less is more. And sometimes that silence is also communication, which I know you subscribe to both of those theories. Talk to me about how you coach people to communicate both fully and concisely at the same time. Well, so in order to be a really good communicator, you have to be an active listener Mm -hmm. because we not only can, we, we not only communicate verbally, but we communicate with eye contact and with body language and through coaching, you work through some of the issues that a client might be having. And so as a coach, you can see what's happening in terms of the communication, it becomes pretty obvious. So I always uh, emphasize being a really active listener. I think that's absolutely the most important piece of that. What does active listening mean to you? Like what, what are the things that a good active listener does? Well, again, body language, eye contact, and really understanding what someone says in, you could almost repeat everything that they just said. So I think what I just heard you say is to make sure that you are having good communication between the two of you. Yeah, I think it's repeating back in your own words. And also, I mean, some some of the members of my team do this, talking about your perception, like, okay, what I hear you saying is this my perception of what you're saying is this. And like, you can get into a little bit deeper conversation about Mm -hmm. what's actually being communicated because sometimes the things that people say aren't actually what they mean, or you need to double click and ask more questions in order to get to the real why behind what you're talking about. And if you take a look at communication and with the leadership teams that I work with, almost every issue a team has is a result of poor communication or not Mm -hmm. seeing each other or understanding each other. You can eliminate so many mistakes by better communication. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I would, like I said, I'm a lifelong learner in this area. I think that I go even too much into like overly concise slash not giving enough background into the things that I'm thinking about. And that sometimes leaves my team with questions. So not only do I work on that, but I also train the team that I work with to 
to ask those clarifying questions. Like if you have any outstanding issues in your mind about something we're talking about, feel free to ask. Like I'm more than happy to answer those questions. And I think that in that way, the kind of the responsibility of good communication is on everyone that's involved. Yeah, I think that's really true. And it's normal to not communicate everything. So I think that's a great practice that you have with your team. I've had leaders in the past that think they've told me certain things and they haven't. And so I have to remind them that I'm not, you know, I just can't read your mind. You mm-hmm. totally communicate. I think we do that in our relationships a lot, right? Like my team members have said, did you say that? Or did you think you said it before? And Ryan, yeah. my husband sometimes is like, I don't think we actually had this conversation. Sometimes I remember and I'm like, we sure did. But sometimes <laughs> it's just, you know, something that I was thinking about that I didn't actually communicate. So sometimes we can get stuck in our heads a little bit there. Right. Uh, another thing that Pat talks about in the definite dozen is that you can't always be the most talented person in the room, but you can be the most competitive. I mean, for me, everything is a competition. And it seems like being overly competitive is seen as bad these days. What is your opinion on that? Well, being really competitive or being overly competitive, I see as completely two different behaviors. Being competitive says you have drive, you have passion and hard work. There's nothing negative about being really competitive. There's, there is negative negativity attached to being overly competitive because I think that can drive poor behavior. But imagine if there, we had March Madness or any other sporting event and no one was competitive. Mm-hmm. What would that look like? Flat. Mm-hmm. So no, I think it's a really good thing and it's especially important in business. Yes. and. Do you think it's important in every role in business? Mm, well, since I'm competitive, yes. <laughs> I think it's important because that says you've got passion for your role. You're going to work yeah. hard for that role and you have drive for that role, meaning you have interest in it. So yes, yeah. again, not overly competitive to the extent that you're not being a team player, but to be the best that you can absolutely be in that role is really good. Yeah, I think that I am naturally very competitive. And it has led to me being overly competitive in some situations. And I've had to reel it in like friendships aren't competitive, personal relationships don't need to be competitive. Now you can compete within these relationships, but like, in a structured competitive way, right? Like not everything is a competition where I don't know, naturally, in my mind, I think I used to think every single thing was competition. (laughs) (laughs) maybe that's overly competitive. (laughs) Yeah, maybe so. wonder what Pat would say about that. If there is one takeaway from this conversation today, since we're coming out or coming to the end of our time, what would that one most important takeaway for a leader listening to this podcast be? Well, I think it would be great for everyone to go back and review the 12 disciplines and think about Pat's team was not a winning team when she had this conversation and developed these. And she said, I promise you, you will win a national title if you do this. And they did over and over and over again. So Mm -hmm. I love these 12 disciplines. And like I said, 
I think I use them in my uh, leadership work with Xerox to recognize people that demonstrated each one of these disciplines. So Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's inexpensive recognition that means a lot to people. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Rebecca. I really appreciate you coming today and holding me accountable for all these years that we have worked together. And for everyone listening, if you got just one nugget, one amazing piece of information today, I would love if you would share this episode with one person and we will see you next time.